Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. The Flames are on a four-game losing streak after dropping a, another bonus hockey game to the Vancouver Canucks, 4-3 to three in overtime, and we're here to talk about that and the lack of rhythm here on Locked On Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today, we are going to be talking all about the Flames slipping and sliding through this season and mainly slipping and uh it's it's thursday nick is here to join us we are here to talk all about the defense the offense the neutral zone play nick what do you have for us today so i was trying to think way to explain the way that nerds like me watch hockey in a way that would make sense to people who aren't nerds. That That's really one of the hard parts for people who are very into, they get lost in the weeds of using the language that only people who are also in the know that are nerds are using. So the way I'm trying to describe it, and I worked on this theory while I was putting the outline together this morning, it's very straightforward. The players on the team, those are the bones of your body. Those are the pieces you have to work with. The way they play, the way they interact with each other, the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, that is your systems, your link-up play, how they're actually playing within the game. Because you're connecting all the different bones in your body with the various muscles, ligaments, and tendons in your body. That's your general outline of how you think. Because right now, and this is going to sound a little weird, but the Flames have good bones. The Flames should be a pretty good hockey team based on the talent that they have. They have multiple players who've recorded very, very high point totals. They had a, they have Huberto, who was up over 110 last year. Lindholm was almost a 100-point player. Nazem Kadri was a point-per-game player last year. Andrew Mangiapane scored 30 goals last year. Mackenzie Weger, I think, had 55, 60 points at the Panthers last year. They're, the bones of a – the foundation, the bones of this team are good. The mm-hmm. problem for them this year has been the way they interact with each other, the way they play with each other. There's been line juggling. There's been bone replacement, which is where the comparison starts to fall apart a little bit. For the purposes of this exercise, you understand what I'm saying. Replacing one part, one bone, with, from, replacing Milan Lucic with whoever you want to put in there. That's not really making a big difference. Like, let's say that's like getting your pinky replaced if you have to get an artificial pinky. And the big picture, the, the problem with this team is the way they're interacting with each other. And it was really apparent in the game last night against Vancouver. It was the little things. It was the link up play, the neutral zone transition. The one Mm. Vancouver goal that got the game to three to three happens entirely because the flames had the puck in their own zone. They tried to break out once they got turned over at the blue line before they could break out. Vancouver got the puck back below the goal line. Again, Calgary regrouped, got the puck again, tried to break out. They got, almost to the blue line again. Calgary lost the puck. Vancouver forced them back in. The third time, they get a successful zone exit. The puck carrier gets the puck right to the red line. And instead of sending it all the way down to go for a change, everybody's going for a change. And the puck carrier just kind of weakly taps it down to give as much time as possible, but doesn't aim it particularly well. 
the Vancouver get player gets it while Calgary's in the midst of a line change. Vancouver springs the zone. They have a two-on-one. They score. They tie the game. That ends up being the 3-3 game that gets you to overtime. You lose in the bonus period, which that's another thing for a different conversation. The Flames, who they used in the overtime, was weird. But for big picture-wise, and it's the biggest difference to me between the Flames this year and last year, is Mm -hmm. there's no fluidity. The muscles, tendons, and ligaments are not working together. It's a lot of stopping and starting. It's failed zone exits. It's gaining the offensive zone but not passing to anyone once you've gained the offensive zone. It's just, it's very um, skittish. There's not a lot of confidence in what they're choosing to do. And it's snowballing on itself. And we've talked about this a lot over the last month or so Mm -hmm. is that when you're trying to find your way out of a funk, you're trying a lot harder. You're feeling the pressure uh, to improve. And it's hard to do to play better. You're going to be tighter. You're going to be more inclined to turn the puck over, to take a penalty, to make a bad decision. And that's really been the story of the flame season this year. Yeah, it definitely just feels like they've been so in their like own heads this entire season. Even, you know, Huberto was dealing with an injury to start the season, but I feel like even him trying to get settled in to this lineup was was a lot for him and you know we saw him on the third line for a little bit and I get it you know you have to try with whatever you want to try but you know how long can you spend trying to get over this clunkiness and this weird vibe that's going on like I know we don't really do vibe checks in hockey we do stats and numbers but like the vibes are incredibly off compared to last year. And I get it. That's going to happen when you lose two 40 goal scorers. I get it. But I don't know. I, and how long can you play like this until it truly starts to impact your season? Um, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was very confident going into this season. We knew an adjustment period was going to happen, but you know, the loss, like the little things are just piling up and just a mountain out of a molehill. It's challenging because you're trying to get everything to get going right. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find where play, people, who fits with who best. And the Flames are still working on that. And, of course, you have to deal with the things that come up during the course of a season. You deal with injuries. You deal with bad yeah. luck. You deal with declining performance or improving performance. Like, how long are they going to be without Chris Tanev? That's a real conversation that, you know, you have to have. And yeah. when you lose somebody who's as good as Chris Tanev and you're replacing them with a seventh and eighth defenseman, obviously you're going to have a little bit of a drop off in your lineup it is a real challenge right now for the flames to just string together a couple good plays and it's an old cliche i i i want to say it was john tortorello who said this i I think in like 2010 or 11 when he was coaching the rangers but when you're in when you are struggling when you are in the sock playing poorly it is about one pass at a time it is get Mm -hmm. the pass to the next player and you string together a couple good passes in a row, that's a good shift. You put together that the next time you go out, that's two good shifts. And then you keep doing that over the course of a game, you have a good period. 
You do that for yeah. multiple periods, you have a good game. You do that for multiple games in a row, you have a good week. And it builds on each other. And that confidence that the Flames played with last year where they were a buzzsaw. They were annoying to play against. You couldn't break out against them. Their forecheck would grind you into oblivion. It, it's just not there. And it's a real challenge for – and you see it. Every time – Every time the other team scores and the camera cuts to Daryl and he just has the thousand yard Kubrick stare and he just is like, why am I doing this at my <laughs> age? I should be on the farm right now. <laughs> there, There is no obvious solution here, which is the no. real issue at hand is he's going to keep trying to jump the lines. He's going to keep trying to find the right fourth line that he can play more than six minutes a game. But it's going to be incumbent upon the guys on the team that are playing significant minutes to find their confidence because they're better than they're playing. Like there's no question about that. The, the flames have enough talent to be better than a couple points out of a playoff spot. Oh, 150%. And I think we saw it last year in the postseason uh, when Chris Tanev was out with his significant injury, how quickly that team dissolved. Yeah. And I this is no discredit to Chris Tanev by any means, but I never realized how much of the glue he was and he still is to this team. And it felt like before um, this road trip that this team was finally like, it was there. Yeah. Like they were turning this corner and then, you know, they, they lose to Columbus, whatever. And then the second half of a back-to-back, that game was wild absolutely out out of control against the Leafs and then you know you just you come home and like you're still losing so what what can like the coach can only do so much and considering that your coach isn't Jeff Ward anymore and you know your coach is Daryl Sutter we've said it so many times on this show but he is one of the greatest if not the greatest coach of all time. So it's time for the players to step up. It's time. Completely agree with you. The the track record speaks for itself. I know it's very easy to make the the old man jokes that we recycle the same 38 coaches for the same 32. Daryl has the resume, the style he wants to play. He knows what he wants from his guys. to string it together consistently Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think you know we're going to talk more about the goaltending carousel here going on in Calgary coming up next but before we do that I do just want to say that uh, wait hold on are you good yeah I'm good Okay, you're you're laughing. Okay, that's weird. Okay, that's fine. You can edit that. But before we move into today's goaltending nonsense, let's take a minute to talk about our friends at Bet Online. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And if you are looking for your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, head to betonline.net today. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league in the world 
from pro football to college bowl season, basketball, and World Cup. And they've got you covered at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts and want to switch things up, head on over to Bet Online to find those as well. And they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us as we, um, again, go through the slip and slide of the season. I think. I don't know. I feel like the goaltending has kind of settled down. I mean, I don't I don't see Markstrom doing obscure things like sliding into the neutral zone and I feel like he's stronger at tracking the puck than he has been earlier from earlier in the season, but you don't know what you're getting on a nightly basis and I think that that's kind of the main issue it's one of the bigger issues here because you know the consistency is something that this team needs I think any team needs that in terms of like a recipe for success and you know last year Markstrom finished second in Vesna trophy votes but he'd never performed like that before was last year just an outlier trying to predict goaltending is a fool's errand because it is so situational dependent. I've said that on this podcast, pretty much anybody who's involved in the analytics community will admit that, that we just don't know enough about goaltending to be able to quantify it enough to speak authoritatively on it. It's very situation dependent. The flames, like we said before, they were a buzzsaw last year at five on five, close to 60% of the scoring chances, 55, 56% of the expected goals, 55, 56% of the expected goals, really good at controlling the game, not asking their goaltending to do too much. And last year, they had Markstrom stealing goals he wasn't supposed to save. That was at the best season of Markstrom's career. No, no arguing that. And the thing is, it feels like he's not, he hasn't played that well this year. And he's incrementally been improving. His numbers are getting better as he gets into a little bit more of a rhythm, as we've been talking about, trying to find what works for him. He's getting close to this is more or less what he's always been a 905, 910 goalie, maybe get to eight, nine goals saved above expected. For context, Shesterkin was first in the league last year. In the regular season, he ended up with 31, 32 goals saved above expected. Right now, the league leader, the last time I looked, was Connor Hellebuck, who is at like 17, 16, which you would expect for about the halfway point of the season. Markstrom's at four and a half, which that's a little bit better than his career average. This is generally the range he's typically fallen in, but this is one of the better seasons he's had as a in his career. So that tells you a couple things. If he's got a little bit goal saved above expected, that's telling you that he's saving the ones for the most part that the statistical models think he should. That's what goal saved above expected is calculated on. All you're doing is subtracting the goals you've allowed from your goals the goals um expected goals excuse me so for the year he's supposed he's supposed to have conceded x number of goals based on the models he's actually conceded four and a half less than that so he has four goals saved above expected that's decent that is workable that that's a solid number for an nhl starter now 
the Flames are going to need him to be better than that for a couple reasons. Number one, the team defense is not as good as it was last year. The Flames are not controlling play as much as they were last year. And the penalty kill, especially, is not as good as it was last year. When you add all three of those things up, and it's unfair to ask your goalie to make up the entirety of the difference between your team year to year, but that's typically what happens because your goaltender is the only one who is on the ice the entirety of the game. They are usually the one that's stuck holding the check. Like everybody else went to the bathroom at the exact same time the check came out to the table. That's what the Flames have done to Markstrom this year, where he's waiting for his friends to come back from the bathroom. And until then, the waiter keeps giving him dirty looks from over at the host stand. That's where the Flames are at right now. They need Markstrom to steal them a game here and there. And he was good last night. He made a couple of really good saves. He made a really good save in the overtime before the the Canucks ended up winning in the shootout. It just It's so frustrating. It is so frustrating to see the glimpses because you see it. They To come back from 2 nothing is nothing to sneeze at. I, like no. that To get back into that game after being down 2 nothing, the Flames have done that a couple of times this right. year, in the last couple of weeks. They did it against the Wild a couple of weeks ago where they found a way in these tough games, but they got to find ways to be more consistent the defensive effort needs to be better the link-up play like we were talking about in the first segment the transition play of just going from behind your own net to the neutral zone to the offensive zone until the flames can start doing that consistently and controlling the flow of games it's not going to look right it's going to look clunky it's going to feel like it's very hard to generate offense it kind of does feel like everybody's just skating with their heads cut off with no real plan of what they're going to Mm -hmm. do And that's why it feels like everything is so hard right now because the underlying parts of the game, the little things, just connecting on your passes, giving your teammate a pass in a position where they can make a play on the puck as opposed to handcuffing them or losing control of the puck. Little things right now are what are killing the Flames because the big picture stuff is good. They've got the goaltending. They've got three, four solid defensemen. They've got a decent top nine. The bones are good. It's about how they play with each other. That's the problem. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of the issues do come down to the fundamentals. I think that that can kind of get lost in, you know, I mean, there's a reason you start with the fundamentals in, uh, you know, when you learn to skate and whatnot, you're not going out there learning how to snipe the puck right away, but in it, just come back, reel it in a little bit. You don't have to, like, yes, everyone's goal is to win the Stanley Cup, but how about winning a game? Like, you can't win the Stanley Cup in December. Right. Like, let, let's start with right now and then focus on the playoffs if and when you get there. And I think they just oh, – they need to find, like, a good solid stretch of five games. Five feels like a lot, but for them to win or to play a gritty game where they can – confidently say we played our butts off last night we might have lost but you know that's some of the best hockey that we've played in a while Connor Mackey going out there the other night against the Canadians and quote-unquote fighting was silly I get that he wants to prove his that he deserves a spot in the lineup but please have a little self-respect and maybe do it against someone you have a chance of actually beating Um, Or even getting, like, a good punch in. But, again, I think that this team is just kind of lost, kind of circling the drain at the moment. But they they have what it takes. 
to get back to where they should be. And we're going to talk about that in the final segment of today's episode. That's the benefit. While they are struggling and very much an average NHL team, pretty much all of the league, aside from like the Devils and the Bruins and maybe Vegas, if you want to put them in that conversation, are pretty average. Like nobody other than those three, if you want to say Carolina, maybe you could consider them as well. Nobody's playing that well. Uh, there's a lot of average teams and there are a lot of teams compressed for a couple playoff spots. I mean, in the Metro, it's six teams for three spots, all by less than six points. The Pacific, it's, I believe, five teams, all within five points of three playoff spots. It's all very condensed right now. Mm -hmm. And as the season goes along, you're going to figure out who's actually good versus who is having a good first half of the season. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that a lot. You know, it's, yeah, people use American Thanksgiving as, like, this judgment marker, but I'm always going to go back to the 2019 St. Louis Blues, who were in last place but on New Year's, but then went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, it's still too early to tell. Like you said, you don't win the Stanley Cup in November, December, January, February, March. But you can lose it. That is an important yeah. distinction. You can lose it if you're too worried about, well, we got to worry about you. Win tonight. Win right. your next game, and then you worry about the game after that. You, you can't get ahead of yourself. No, getting ahead of yourself like that is just going to create bigger problems and live in the now. Not to sound like a therapist, but... Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Exactly. And coming up next, we are going to wrap up with the Pacific Division and just what is going on here and who's a fraud, who's not, what what are things looking like. But before we do that, I do want to uh, remind you all to drive sober or get pulled over. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few back and a few drinks becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. No, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out on the road right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. Drive sober or get pulled over. You heard them, Nick. Please call an Uber, call a Lyft, call call your mother, call one of your parents, please. Anyone. Yeah. Not not me, because I sleep with my phone on silent, but <laughs> <laughs> call somebody who will pick up. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Call somebody you know is awake. Yeah. That, I'm sorry, everyone. No one dies. It's usually just some of my friends sending me TikTok videos, and I just have to silence my phone. But this division. Who do you think? Okay, since speaking of TikTok, who do you think would be? Vegas doesn't count because they do. They go over the top for everything. But out of the Pacific Division teams, who do you think would have like the most fun, like social media presence on TikTok? Probably team. the Ducks because they can just throw Trevor Zegers in anything, and he okay, likes doing fair. it. 
He actually, he's one of like the five guys in the NHL who likes doing media. So that's a major advantage for him. Cause like, there are not a lot of people. It's like him, Ryan Reeves. And like, those are the only two people off the top of my head. I can think of yeah. who actually like talking. Jack to the media. Hughes hates it. Yes, he does. He Jack like Hughes is antisocial. Yeah. Jack Hughes wants to be left alone. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I get yeah, it. No, def- definitely the Ducks. Trevor Zegers likes attention and he wants to do fun things. You saw him at the skills contest last yeah. year, putting on a cape and pulling Jack out of a magic box. That yeah. was sick. That was so yeah. much fun. <laughs> but we, we do have to talk about Vegas because I feel like last year was an outlying year for Vegas in terms of them being quote unquote bad. They weren't Vegas last year, but this year they are, they're back. We thought that it was going to be rough for them because of their goaltending situation. Turns out it's actually kind of okay. I, I don't understand how Vegas continues to get so lucky. Uh, Bruce Cassidy as their head coach is also a very lucky break there. Um, I just, he Logan Thompson is playing pretty well. He's played as many NHL games this year that he had career-wise last year or career-wise rather and I think that that's a testament Bruce Cassidy has faith in him I I can't remember the other option's name but he's standing his ground and he's able to hold his own which is great Mark Stone brother of Flames annual PTO to contract guy Michael Stone um he, is he still out? Is he healthy? I know it's kind he, of been... Yeah, he played the other night. Yeah, he played against the Rangers mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. Now, Vegas, the, the biggest thing is, and I wrote this in the notes, is none of these teams have proven goaltending. At Basically, Vegas is relying on a goalie who, like you said, he's played. he started 20 games this year. He started 19 all of last year, won the year before that. You're talking about um, you're talking about Seattle, who both of their goalies have been very mediocre. You're talking about Edmonton, who's relying on a rookie goaltender as well. You're talking about Colorado, who's in a wild card spot right now. So someone the Flames have to be aware of, even though they're not in the same division. They're relying on somebody in Alexander Georgiev, who's never been a full time starter before. And you're talking about the Kings, who relying on. Jonathan Quick, who is very old at this point, Cal Peterson, who they waived a couple of weeks ago. And then you're talking about the Sharks and Ducks, who are kind of non-factors when we're talking about the playoffs, but also teams with poor goaltending. So it's not a surprise Vegas is in first place in this division, considering they've had the best goaltending results so far of anybody in the division. Yeah. But the positive for the Flames is a lot of these teams they are in competition with, the goalies they are going to be not directly competing against because obviously you're not in competition with the goalie, but the teams you're in competition against their goalies have typically not played workloads like this. Like you got to remember that the junior hockey and the AHL level, the season is a little bit shorter. You play fewer total games. The workload wears down on you over the course of the year. You saw this in Toronto last year with Jack Campbell, where he'd never started more than 30 games in a season. He hit the 50 game mark. He had a hip injury. He was out about two months. He came back for the playoffs. He wasn't the reason they lost in the playoffs, but he wasn't as good as he was in the regular season. You saw Markstrom wear down over the course of a long season last year. Yeah, and then you got to the playoffs where he was kind of worn down and the Flames were kind of in a series that wasn't well suited for them. You got to manage your goalie workload. And the fact that the Flames have kind of found 
enough trust in Vladar that they don't feel like they have to punt whenever he starts. That's encouraging. So if they can just find a way to keep Markstrom at this 9-10, 9-15 save percentage, a couple goals saved above expected, then your math starts to get a lot easier in comparison to Edmonton, who's preying on a rookie goalie, Vegas, who's preying on a rookie goalie. The fact that the Flames have two experienced goaltenders, and Vladar doesn't have a ton of NHL experience, but he's got more than everybody else, basically. Right. And I think I, I just, I feel like Sutter knew going into this season that he needed to give Markstrom just a little rest, a crumb of rest. And I know that towards like the 20, no, it probably wasn't even 20 games at that point, but Vladar wasn't starting a game a week and people in, it wasn't giving Flames fans much confidence, but now that Vladar has found his rhythm, it's nice to see. It's just, it's good to see him kind of settle in there and at home because he did not really have any opportunities to win at home last year. Um, but it's great to see that this veteran duo in the Pacific division um, or out of the Pacific division can kind of lead this. And hopefully once Markstrom breathes, settles down, the defense gets healthy and squared away, they will make his life a little easier. And I just, I want to see the top line and not even the top line. Cause I don't even think it's the top line. I feel like it's the middle six that really need to start producing manji apani i'm looking at you leave our bread king alone jess he's trying his best he's trying that's that's the other thing that's so frustrating about this is this is a very likable flames team there are a lot of people on this team who are just very endearing and being like i want to see you do well right it sucks that they're not doing well it does because like last season it was so easy to root for this team you're like this little 5'9 king in Johnny Gaudreau is going out there and scoring and being insane. And then you have Manju Pani and Matthew Kachuk and just Elias Lindholm. Elias Lindholm. Like Tyler Toffoli comes in at the trade deadline and it's just so much fun. And then, you know, you have Lucic who wasn't really doing much, but he's Luch. He's the veteran. He's He's the token veteran. Right, like he's... Every team needs to have one token veteran who did something during two previous presidential administrations. Every team has one guy who was playing when George Bush was president that they still need to keep around. Actually, no, Obama. Lucic's first year was 09. Yeah, Obama. Yeah, so it was just at the turn of the administrations. That is horrifying to think about. But hopefully we can look back in... um, No, because that would be absurd if he is still playing in two years because we just had midterms. Oh, my God, I can't even think. I can't think that far ahead. Hopefully they will be a true Stanley Cup contending team again, and um, maybe the salary cap will go up and they can trade for Johnny Gaudreau. I don't know. I don't know. I just have this sick fantasy of him coming back to Calgary. It's never going to happen, but it's fine. Just like how everybody has – Everyone in Boston has this fantasy of Luch returning and being like that top line guy. It's never going to happen. Stop trying to make Luchy Chapin. Exactly. 
exactly. That's all, that's all we have to say today, I think. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Nick, before I drone on and on about missing Johnny Gaudreau? That game was so frustrating last night. There were so many opportunities because the Canucks defense is so bad. It's so bad. Like at one point, Tyler Myers without a stick skated into Connor Garland and in the neutral zone and the Flames still didn't end up with the loose puck. Like I, 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 I don't was... understand that. Yeah. I also don't understand how they're, first of all, how Oliver Ekman Larson is making the money that he does and being slow and then thatcher demko is out yes he's so been what hurt. is going on why couldn't the flames do it they're an inconsistent team right now they can't string it together that's really i it's an unsatisfying answer but they're an average team average teams have up and downs and it's not very easy to it's not very easy to know what you're going to expect that's really what the, the story of the flames this year they Every night, you're going to get something different. I miss when they would not be this. I wish they were still consistently good. That was fun. Yeah. That's okay. It's a lot easier. Yeah. (laughs) Makes our jobs a lot easier. (laughs) But um, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today. As always, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Flames Pod, as well as our personal accounts at Jess Belmosto and Nick Zeraris. Uh, Nick is usually really good about live tweeting on the uh, pod account. I am not. I tweet like one thing and then I just go back to my personal. But um, yeah, come hang out with us there during games most nights. Um, follow us on youtube subscribe leave a nice little comment someone randomly commented 140 pounds and i just i I don't know what you're referring to but matthew phillips that's my guess oh that's my guess probably the nhl website has him listed at five six 165 pounds which is very (laughs) generous which is I i think that's generous but he's just a tiny boy yeah leave him alone He's he's trying his best. Exactly. But yeah, go go flames go. Um yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm snowed in. So Yeah, that's right. Be safe, all that. Make Bradley shovel. You think I will ever lift a shovel? <laughs> <laughs> no. Never. Uh also Calgarians be safe. I d I don't know what the weather is, but I just assume it's also a freezing cold trend. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>